Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello, I'm Raphael Martinez, minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement. And thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast today called Where Are We Going? It's a podcast asking hard questions about a variety of issues related to the kinds of deceptive and destructive power that's wielded by cultism and abusive churches all around us, as well as the other kinds of questions asked by so many of our quite literally disruptive times. This podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. We're always seeking new audiences, and we'd appreciate the help spreading the word around your internet community about our podcast. We're now found on Spotify, Google, and Amazon podcast channels, and, and if you're here visiting, thanks so much. Please come back and tell your friends. Now, it's been no secret to any of our regular listeners that the podcast has focused a lot of light upon the rather dubious existence of the Xenos Dwell Movement in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> and we've been focused upon them since December of 2021. But we're hardly the first people around calling attention to their unbiblical example and their destructive behavior that's hiding behind a claimed squeaky clean orthodoxy. By no means. We've beheld the examples of many people calling them out for their abuses and excesses over the years, such as Mark Candy's XenosIsACult.com site, a scattering of other podcasts across the net, as well as select YouTube and Vimeo video interviews with Xenos survivors that were positively eye-opening to us. Our own ministry's effort to help bring a revealing spotlight upon them was a joint effort with our friend Megan Cox, who heads the Beyond Zion Foundation, and a documentary company called Every Woman Productions that was wanting to investigate the charges that Xenos slash Dwell was cultic. For a week in 2021, in December, we traveled to Columbus, Ohio and spent time with many survivors that culminated in a group meeting to help fully solidify our belief that Mark Kennedy's domain name got it right. Xenos is a cult. And I'll stick it in the words dot com. Silent plug. It ended with our interview of Xenos Dwell leaders Conrad, Hilario, and Kate Mizell to get their own comments upon our findings of abuse, which they immediately began to try to spin as the alarmist static from just a few backslid malcontents, uh, for which their cutting-edge house group guidelines about relationships actually were in place to prevent. They spoke past us and around us and didn't want to address head-on the actual point of the inquiry that these extremist practices were indeed a, ma a manifestation of abusive occultism within Xenos. They tried to insist that their standard of behavior was biblical and justifiable. But it was then when they quoted Matthew chapter 18 as a rationale for their punitive oppressions that I simply had to jump in to interrupt with my own objection that the verse had nothing to do 
with a kind of far more respectful dialogue that a truly mentoring place like Xena should be, should actually seek. It should be respectful dialogue, not communal condemnation. You can watch the interview and see more of the details of what happened after that. Uh, that moment was essentially a deer in the headlight time by which scripture properly interpreted and which I quoted rendered them speechless and really essentially unable to respond. Now, bear in mind, we weren't there to win arguments or offer conversational zingers. That's not why we did all this. We wanted answers to serious and hard questions about abuses going on within that movement. And this moment for us was perhaps the most telling of all about their unbiblical existence and how they would move forward in light of what we were trying to do. And this was just a start of Xenos slash Dwell's ongoing and painfully clumsy efforts to control the increasingly louder narrative that is now once again being circulated there in Columbus, that Xenos is an abusive cult. They've found themselves, after posting that video privately for their members in an unidentified un YouTube URL, to, to them, and then publicly breaking it out for people to see, they found themselves, after posting a video, on a, a continually escalating level of scrutiny, which others who have been critical of the group for years have added their voice to. Our documentary company called the NBC investigative reporter in at the end of the group meeting in December to talk to some of the survivors then. And after the TV series came out, the response was so dramatic, the series got lengthened to additional segments. And a church leader then came forward to hesitantly discuss the controversy with the same kind of uncertain and indirect defensiveness that Hilario and Conrad offered. It was a clear sign that the church's position would continue to be one of dissembling, deflection, and claimed ignorance of any wrongdoing. And also a misunderstanding of their own essentially biblical defense of, life, of their lifestyle. But the heat has continued to be turned up. As I said, our work was hardly original. Thousands of people are finding their voices and beginning to make them heard. Since then, the websites dwellchurchcolumbusisacult.com and leavingdwell.com have been started by other former members. And the Leaving Dwell site even erected a billboard at the Columbus Crossroads of High and Kelso, smack dab in the middle of the housing districts where many Xenos Dwell students abide. A post on it on the internet comment site Reddit gathered 60,000 views within its first 48 hours. A number of people are creating YouTube video content seeking to share their own critical views on Dwell, which is starting to really catch on. And we started these podcasts featuring former Xenos members and leaders, which have been ongoing. And we're going to keep rolling on as we have time to do them. On August 27th, uh, just a few days, there will be a venue, uh, I believe it's called Ruby Tuesdays there in uh, Columbus, which are going to be featuring a couple bands playing and providing uh, uh, some musical entertainment interspersed with uh, sharing uh, by members of uh, that used to be in Xenos and, and sharing their own individual stories. Uh, it will be there. It, certainly it's going to be a happening place that night. I would encourage you to go. And, uh, and, and it's, I believe it's a $1 donation at the door, and then donations will continue to be, be taken uh, to fund the ongoing efforts to keep the billboard erected. So, so here's the issue. Um, Xenos slash Dwell's skunk work leadership cadre, who thought they could deflect and roll away from trouble, 
clearly are finding that route that there's room running uh that there's they're clearly finding that there's uh they're running out of room to to run away from it they're clearly under a scrutiny they've never had before from so many quarters for all the parents and loved ones who fought long lonely battles with xenos and dwell over its deceptive recruitment of their children and for those still in who quietly amen this corner we're glad to have been there and so this next podcast we'll be sharing should be of great interest to you thank you for everyone that's uh, downloaded today uh, our podcast where are we going it's a pleasure once again to come to you and have an opportunity to speak truth to power in essence that's what we are doing now and uh, this is a, kind of a, another one of our special podcast editions in which we have guests online who are who I believe have something to say and have unique perspectives that deserve to be heard and I I'm grateful to have uh, Vicki Koss with us again she was interviewed with us uh, a few weeks back on our podcast regarding uh, her experiences in um, in uh, the Xenos and Dwell movement. And I truly believe it, uh, like I said, that uh, she brings her own a unique perspective to that. But Vicki, um, I, I ask you to, to join us on such short notice today, and I, I thank you. Thank you for coming on such a such a quick, uh, quick uh, summons. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here, Raphael. All right. Well, that's wonderful. And I think one of the things that we've really, really wanted to do is through all of this uh, podcasting we've been doing about the horrors of Xenos and Dwell and, and, and putting out testimonies and sharing these 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 terrible uh, accounts of how people have come into this supposedly Christian church and found it anything but by way of the group dynamics and the control and the absolute uh, victimization of people who are struggling that they inflict. One of the things we've tried to rise above is, is try to help give people, uh, one of the things we try to rise above is, well, let me back up. One of the things we tried to rise above is allowing this, these narratives to become just these lurid kind of, of, of uh, attack pieces, no matter what they say, no matter what the dwells reaction is to it. Uh, you know, Jesus said in, in, that, you know, the, the testimony of, he said, in your law, the testimony of two men is true. So when I hear of, uh, of uh, hundreds of people saying basically the same thing in all different walks of life, in different times of, 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 of the past 20, 30 years, uh, be, and you, you are, you know, uh, one of the guests we've had, when I keep hearing all that being said, I, ha I have to ask myself, and, and, I, and I answer myself, that there's something going on <laughs> in yeah. Xeno that Xenos doesn't want to talk about. So we've tried to, uh, we, we have no interest in, in, in the lurid or the, or the titillating or the sensational or the spicy or the juicy. We just believe that truth by itself is enough. And we've heard more than enough truth to really, uh, to, to really uh, provide uh, documentation that Xenos Dwell does operate as a cult, is an abusive uh, movement, and has abusive leadership, beginning with Dennis McCallum and the band of elders that he's that he's been uh, indoctrinating for years, who are now running the, the, the church. So it didn't surprise us when we saw recently uh, the article that came out on the um, uh, uh, on the. Uh, on Dwell's website regarding the billboard that was just put up. And, and it, it, he says, I think it was, I forgot who it was, uh, 
I'm sorry, I should should know this, but uh, uh, this was a brief response to the well, well billboard that they put up. They said a billboard was purchased by a well-funded group organized on Facebook with out-of-state ties. Yeah. Isn't is new? Yes. <laughs> and and represents another example of how our critics misunderstand and underestimate the people in our church. We all know that churches everywhere experience an ebb and flow of people coming and going because those people find a new church family or because they abandon the faith. We are thrilled to have our fellowship, and we believe that a billboard is unnecessary to point out that everyone has the freedom to remain or leave. We remain committed to teaching biblical values and encouraging people to live by those values, even if it's hard and requires sacrifice in our increasingly secular world. So that's one 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 example of the of the level and the tone of response that we're getting from leaders in Xenos. And Vicky, what uh, what made you laugh about that? What was what were some some of your thoughts about that one? Well, that one struck me as a desperation move. Um, because first of all, they're starting off with something that's not true. Uh, this is some kind of conspiracy theory that this was a well-funded out-of-state uh, group that is funding the billboard. So that's that's a desperation move. And, of course, it increases the sense of victimization. Uh, no, this billboard was actually started by two women who are uh, active in... Um, standing up against the abuses in Zenos. Uh, they fought to get the best price that they could, and it's being continued by GoFundMe. So that that's for starts. Um, now, the lack of seeing that any damage was done by the church, the, the sense of victimization, the sense of pride in who they are is uh, disappointing. Um, there is no sadness that people found it necessary to put up such a billboard. Um, so, you know, I, I just find it altogether um, sad and and, uh, and, and uh, I actually wrote some notes that I'm looking for right now um, but it it you step a little closer to your mic or you're kind of getting like off center a little bit so it's like kind of hard to hear okay let me get all you gotta do is turn your mic yeah is that better uh, a little bit, just a little bit more. Better? Is that better, Raphael? Um, Let's see. The mic it, is on my phone, so I, I'm not okay. sure what. Okay, what that's fine. We'll, we'll work with it as it is. That That's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Um, but, uh, Nevertheless, um, here we go. Let me find that because I'm shifting screens here. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I think it really shows just, oh, just really go. how desperate they are. They they want to they want to create the illusion and belief that this is dark conspiracy against them. Exactly. Yeah, and it it plays right into the hands of of any of any group under attack that that's seeking to to, to try to deflect attention for what it's doing. Yeah. It, it wants and and, and it's and it's playing. On, on the belief that we, that that everyone is just going to listen to them, and and look at the situation for what it is, and truly believe that there's that there that there's people out to get them. Well, it's it's certainly quite obvious that there's a lot more people speaking out about their experiences in in Xenos Dwell than than what they want to really uh, admit to. But when they are, yeah. they're doing it in a very grudging way and and trying to make it sound as if, as if like I said, there's this Illuminati out there out to get them. Well, and, and it's it's very dismissive. Yes, uh, they don't address any wrongs. They don't admit that there could be people who've been hurt. It's it's dismissive. This message isn't new. It represents another example of how our critics misunderstand and underestimate the people in our church. Uh, in other words, don't be alarmed by the same old message. We're the victims. Um, you know, of course, you're free to leave. There's no mention of any truth to the uh, gossip and character assassination that people suffer upon leaving, including myself, which I brought up in the the last time that I was on a podcast with you, Raphael. So it's a desperate attempt in the beginning to discredit us with the, the straw man that this is an out-of-state, well-funded group, which is a hoot, um, and, you know, just not, not just promoting and puffing up their selves as loving their fellowship, they don't understand us, uh, and so forth. And, of course, you, you do see where the, it's obvious that the people in the church look to the leadership to interpret reality uh, for them. Now, hopefully, the the critics are breaking into that misconception and starting to tear it down and causing some to listen to podcasts like this. But all too many look to the leaders and say, well, you know, it's this well-funded group. Um, you know, they just don't understand us and so forth. So, um, you know, it was sad for me yeah. to see that. It was yeah, it's, sad. It's really no attempt to really, like I said, understand. It, it, it is just no. a, a, a defensive posture. You know, it's it's bad press, bad publicity. I mean, you got this, this billboard at one of the busiest corners in Columbus, right in the heart of the districts where uh, many of the community houses are, where many, where many OSU students go, where they yeah. live. It's, it's, it's really a, a really a quite, a, a very sharp way of getting it, of, of getting out a very important and timely notice that, that people need to think about where they're at. And, and for those who are actually are stuck in there, uh, who feel trapped in that movement, that there are ways out. So, uh, yeah. So, so now, now that now segue, uh, skip to this week. An email was sent out that apparently was was meant to be uh, confidential in some way, and in, in some way private for well members only. But 
uh, friend of ours finally sent us this, and it was a, a recent um, a recent uh, communique, and it was entitled uh, a communique, if you want to call it that. Possible protests at dwell meetings. Yeah. As among some of our critics, there appears to be some momentum gathering behind the idea that people are stuck in our church, forced to participate and yearning to leave. So I think at some rudimentary level, you know, when it comes right down to it, dwells understanding that 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 there is a message to what people are saying here but he goes on to say we've been called a cult and accused of being abusive and our accusers have found a voice in the media well it it sounds as if you know like this is just a recent uh a recent developing a recent uh active when when really this has been going on for some time you know there have been people meeting and and the 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 xenos is a cult website's been out there on the scene long before we ever were and then other people are just picking up picking up the reins and and running what they can you know there's katie renegar's excellent website on the cult and then there's this new billboard initiative i just heard recently there was a band that play or actually is coming up i believe uh here shortly a band is going to play uh at at osu get or i think at a venue somewhere and we should really be doing all they can to talk about about the the dangers of Xenos. Boy, I wish I could be there. <laughs> but sure. And um, but I think they're finally getting realized that you know this isn't going away. And um, so they go on to say this. I'm going to ask your comments after I finish this read. We remain convinced that most of the accusations leveled against us are the result of anger about our church's strong stance on biblical truth. Some of the negative stories have a kernel of truth where a leader or a member was insensitive and failed to represent Christ well. (laughs) The majority of these issues have to do with former members being in rebellion against God, angry that God has something to say about the way they live their lives and feeling shunned or harshly treated because our church maintained a biblical stance. We consistently try to improve how we represent God and care for our members. One of the inevitable components of close friendships and communities, feelings getting hurt and conflict. We want to continue to do better while also realizing that taking the Bible seriously will sometimes create tension and difficulty no matter how careful we are. So <laughs> when I when I read something like that, when when I hear something like that, again, it's just a, a, it's just another pile of layers. Uh, they're circling the wagons, and now they're starting to build a, a, a an, an, a fortress for themselves. They're using their verbiage and their victimization stance, uh, the cyto victimization stance, to to create these 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 bricks that they're creating a new a, a, a yet another wall under, and that's where I see them yeah. going. Yeah, well, that's exactly what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's they set up false arguments. On the one hand, they they throw a nugget out that some of the stories do have a kernel of truth. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a a kernel of truth where a leader or member 
was insensitive and failed to represent Christ well. Okay, now I have two problems with that. And I'll speak to my own experience. There was not a kernel of truth in the podcast interview you did with me, Raphael. That was over an hour of 100% truth that was mm-hmm. damning. Okay. Yeah. So not, not a kernel of truth. Uh, secondly, a kernel of truth where a leader or a member was insensitive and failed to represent Christ well. No. How about saying where the leader was in sin and exhibiting unchristlike leadership? How about that? Not failing to represent Christ well, failing to represent Christ at all. Yeah. And running the church like a business. No, and not not, not a business, running it more like a dictatorship. Yeah. With the the authority, you know, carefully tucked away, the, the true authority. And uh, and being, you know, that the people who have complaints then are spoken to by the people under him. Yeah. I'm yeah. speaking of Dennis. I'm speaking mm-hmm. of Dennis, who, who failed to even communicate with me about a letter that I wrote him. A simple letter. A simple letter that could have. Uh, done so much to help the church at that time and and to bridge the gap had he communicated with me since he was the recipient of the letter but it was passed off to someone else and we all know the rest of the story so that's that's where i see that but and that's the good news that they're throwing out (laughs) that's what they're throwing out that supposedly hopeful that that they're listening to critics you know on the other side of it is that the majority of these issues have to do with former members being in rebellion against god where do they get that Mm -hmm. where are they making that assumption um i i i fail to understand that but they they make that uh, so that they cannot be argued with, I suppose, by members of the church, but also perhaps to garner some sympathy within the com- church community in Columbus, Ohio, since the Bible is under siege now, that here we are trying to live by uh, biblical uh, principles. And these people are in rebellion, and now they want to take the church down. Well, you know, it, it's just two false, opposing representations of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and really, that's what it, what it comes down to. It, it's it's just an attempt to re-steer the narrative. And and this this is really like I said, it was an internal email sent out to to dwell members, and it's meant to really again reinforce the same the same retired rhetoric that they've been that they've been dishing out ever since uh, we started uh, stirring things up in December, 
And, and it's what they've been doing long before that. I mean, the, the Xenos is a cult website and all the other efforts that have been going on with people reaching out and being rebuffed uh, are all just attempts by them to, to again, just, just, just gain a control over, over, uh, over the understanding of, of, what's, of what's at stake among, among, the, among the members of Dwell, among the people. Well, that control is the word. Control yeah, exactly. is the word. That's exactly. the operating principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a reinforcement of indoctrination, and yes. that and that's exactly what it is. Um, the fact that they have to create this Im- this 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 uh, this uh, boogeyman. Everyone who leaves well, everyone who who, who departs the ministry house, everyone who has a trouble, everyone who posts, everyone who shares about, about what they've been through and what they've experienced, uh, they're all losers. They're all rebel. They're all rebels against God. They're enemies. They're immoral. They're monsters. They're they're just people that don't want that don't want to have any limits on their life. Who who refuse uh, to live for God and who, who and who are resisting. Uh, and that's probably the most onerous part of this. Who are resisting biblical truth and morals? I mean, I, I've not well, met anyone, anyone, any all the people I've spoken with, regardless of whether they're in church or not. I don't have anybody that's living like like the like the, the complete you know reprobates. People are trying to live and do right. And and that's something they won't admit. They they can't admit. No, they can't. Now, of course, unfortunately, because of hurt and misrepresent misrepresentations of God by the leadership, there are those who have abandoned their walk with God, and that's a sad thing. Uh, to me, of course, it, it grieves my heart, but also I think those are some of the people then that they would point to and mm-hmm. say, uh, this is what we mean. They resist taking what the Bible says seriously. Um, you know, I, I, I just find the whole situation at, at, on one side incredibly sad for the people getting hurt. And also for the church, because the yeah. church is getting hurt, and there are good people in that church. Right. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's a terrible revictimization. You know, as, as if they can't, they they can't. Uh, uh, they just got to do what they can to lash out. I mean, to me, that's, that's what this, it. it's, a, it's a very petty um, uh, knee jerk reaction, and I suppose they're trying to sound seem nuanced at it. But um, uh, let me go on well, to read. Let me let me go and read it, Vicky. Says there are those in our city who desire to make a more public statement regarding their unhappiness with us. We are aware of recent online discussions about potential protests, more billboards, and a new article about these things in the Columbus Dispatch. So they've apparently read something in which they are are, are they they claim to know that there are these these uh these dark online tidings. <laughs> that there's more to come. That there's going to be uh, protests. Uh, that are going to come down. Well, you know, I, I really don't see if, if if that is. I don't. I have no idea what they're what, it, what they're reading because I don't. I don't have time to get into all the online things that I'd I'd love to about this. I don't have a time to read Reddit or or uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not really a part of of a lot of discussion online. I, I really I would monitor what I can. I, I have a pretty busy life, but um, but enough comes through to for me to understand that you know people are are, are voicing their opinions and they, they just don't want to hear it 
and and that and that they characterize the the action being taken by people voicing their feelings as 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 possible protests and and the creation of more content that's just going to get more and more and that's what they're they're, they're really just saying that they're they're that the reason why ultimately that everybody's doing all this is because we're, we're unhappy with them. It's kind well, of they a, don't, yeah, they don't understand that the, the reason people are doing these things is because they're concerned about other people getting hurt by this mm-hmm. church. Uh, you know, they, they see it as, uh, uh, you know, sour grapes, uh, bitterness, bitter retaliation, and so forth, when in fact, that's not what it's about yeah, at all. I, that's certainly not why I'm meeting with you. I am meeting with you because I would love to see this church salvaged. I would love to see it saved to do the great work it can do yeah. while, while not damaging people. But, you know, again, this whole, you can sense the paranoia here. Yeah. And and that it, it was the state of the leadership, the suspicion, the paranoia, the isolation, that that was the state of leadership back when I was there. So what was 30 years ago? So, uh, you know, it, it, it and that is what results when you don't uh, meet with people, resolve conflict, carry on church life in a biblical way right where you hear what people have to say if you did something wrong you make things right you know it's mm-hmm. that simple um but a, a shame a shame-based leadership can't do that uh so you know it, it's it's sad yeah but this is what they're feeding people now and i have no idea what this protests are unless uh, they're talking about the concerts that are coming up where um, between songs, people are going to be able to share what they experienced in Zenos. Um, I, you know, I have no idea what the protests are. Right. And from what I understand, uh, and, I, and we will be getting a little more into that, but uh, there's basically, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's a rock band, uh, a local band that's going to be playing in a gig somewhere. And I think it's Ruby Tuesday. Ruby, Ruby Tuesday. Tuesday on campus, I think. Yeah. Is it, is it on campus? Uh, my understanding is that it is. I, I'm in Nashville now, so you know yeah. I'm kind of out know. of the scene. Yeah. Uh, but but from what I saw, uh, it was on campus or close to campus, if not on campus. So, mm-hmm. well, this is the last time I checked, Vicky. This is America. The First Amendment, yeah. the, the First Amendment protects our our, our right to assemble, uh, as well as speak our piece and, and have public opinions about things. You know, dwell certainly has has had its slash Xenos slash dwell has certainly enjoyed that privilege, unabated for 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 for, for decades. So yeah. when people when people opt to do so. And intend to make their their own activity of a central part of an opposing viewpoint. Uh, last I checked, like I said, uh, that's that's legal. 
it's 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 immoral uh, and unethical to suggest that 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 participating in such a thing is is, is a sign of 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 um, of um, control or or, or or some sort of plot against them. If you're going to be in the kitchen, as they say, if you, what did I say? Uh, uh, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the heat, you get out of the kitchen. Well, that's right. And, you know what's sad to me? What I see is absent is vindication, a belief in vindication by God mm. that uh, we, that God is bigger than this. God is bigger than our enemies. And if we just continue loving people and and carrying on church life in a biblical way, God will vindicate us. And if we engage in uh, prayer against the enemy and so forth, God will vindicate us. Right. Um, you know, instead, if you go on to the next passage or paragraph, they talk about, you know, how it grieves them that people form strong opinions or conclusions about who they are and what they're about without really seeing right. or taking the time to see. On the other hand, this can present a tremendous opportunity to people of God have always stood out the most and represented God the best when they've been willing to show love and kindness to those who intend them harm. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I, I'm not seeing that love and kindness. Um, I think that that is something that they could do. I agree with them they, that, that that could be a strong uh, statement, and so I'd encourage the leadership of Zenos Dwell to show kindness and love and stop labeling people who've been hurt as um, people who don't want to follow God, who've rejected God, who've rejected the Bible, uh, and so forth, and instead actually engage with them and show love mm -hmm. and say, we agree to disagree, uh, whatever. But there, there is none of that. So right. here they're painting a false picture of themselves to the church, that this is what the church does. We show kindness to those who, you know, want to harm us. But there's no kindness that's been shown. Um, so that's that's a, another very sad facet of Zenos's response. Zenos dwell. I'm sorry, dwell. Um, so yeah, and, and and the thing is, you know, what I take away from that paragraph you just quoted in the next part of the statement is that um, they make a big deal about those who form strong conclusions about who we are and what we're about what we're without really taking the time to see for themselves so in this yeah. instance it's it's a it's a it's this really grotesque brushing away of the experiences and the history of everyone who's 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 been there seen what's gone on and has experienced abuse has seen the the extremes of behavior has seen the obscenity of Dennis McCallum's uh, bankrupts uh, immorality and what he does, his his his, his immoral actions and in, in controlling people, his unethical ways to 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 uh, 
to, to make people live according to his dictates. I mean, everyone who we've spoken with, who's been eyewitnesses to that, uh, have seen for themselves. And as I as I start out our podcast today, I I take that seriously, unless I see something differently, uh, unless unless I'm given the reasons to believe differently, like like that this is all one giant Machiavellian plot. I see no reason why not to believe them. And, well, and- yes, I I agree, but it, but it is easy for the church to dismiss them because so many of them weren't leaders. Mm-hmm. And this is where you see the Darwinian thing. Uh, it, you know, who's strategic in the church? Well, if people aren't, don't make it to the leadership track, then they're not strategic. Mm-hmm. And their leaving is not grieved uh, at all. In fact, the church just moves on and it doesn't even continue uh the right hand of friendship. I'm not talking about fellowship, uh, but even friendship. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, it is easy. It is tougher for them to deal with leaders who were considered strategic and who actually may know more the inner workings of the, the leadership team and personally with Dennis. That's harder to dismiss, but obviously they they do it and say that they have a kernel of truth. And, you know, what's sad is in this last paragraph, they are painting this straw man argument that dissenter, not dissenters, critics of the church are challenging their freedom of religion. (laughs) <laughs> we they have freedom of speech, but we have freedom of religion. Yeah, could you read that? Yeah, yeah. Read from the top yeah. two aspects of what makes America special. Sure, two aspects of what makes America special will be at odds if these pro if these protests take place. On the one hand, our opponents deserve to exercise their freedom of speech. On the other hand, we have freedom of religion. Protesters and demonstrators should not be permitted to disrupt our ability to gather, hear biblical teachings, and share fellowship. We will have increased security presence at our CTs. Please allow the police officers to handle any necessary confrontations or report any concerning activity to someone on the security team. Okay, now. So this is a complete straw man that we are somehow working to infringe on their freedom of religion. I know of no one who has intimated that the meetings are going to be disrupted, that they're going to go to meetings and try to uh, interfere in any way. Um, but this does show paranoia um if not if that is not paranoia then it's almost a diabolical way of creating increased victimization and uh you know which i know from being in the church and having drunk the kool-aid 
means, oh, this will, this will result in heightened loyalty to the leaders because they are under so much attack and mm-hmm. they're carrying this burden so that we must be even more loyal. We cannot miss a meeting. We, you know, must be there to support them. So it's, it, it, it's sickness either way. Either this is incredible paranoia because of being isolated uh, or it is this diabolical attempt to paint a, a, a victimization that's simply not there. Right, and and and, and you're right. It's that's that's exactly what what they're trying to do. And and, and like I said, because this is this was written to members of the church, uh, that that this letter is really a preaching to the choir. That's yes. basically what what's trying to do. And it's it's trying to affirm, yeah, it's okay. They can go do what they want, but the, but now then there's the paranoia, you know. Yeah. The, that protest and demonstration should not be permitted to disrupt our ability to gather. Now, I I've not heard of like you said anyone seeking to do that. I no. know, like truth be told, and to be fair to, to their concerns, uh, I I can't say that it, it's it's impossible. It's entirely uh, entirely a, a distinct possibility that that there may be people out there wanting to get wanting to do what they can to say what they want to say and they, they could stoop to that and we certainly wouldn't recommend that simply because of the fact that uh that that you know dwells ready to, ready to prosecute and at least at least get you get you blackballed even further but but really it's 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 something that i i think if if, if there is anybody out there contemplating that we we, we would want just be, be be known as far as as far as we're concerned or as far as i'm concerned i don't know how you feel about vicky but i think you'd agree that, oh, that yeah. anyone want to walk in there and and raise billboards and and make a stink uh and really make your voice known at a, at a ct or at a house church or anything like that um that's something that you and your conscience have to deal with and if you feel like you need to do that that's between you and your conscience however by law that's probably not a, a permissible thing to do in in a, in a private gathering ultimately a, a private public gathering like a church um, there's better ways to do that uh, outside that on public on public property, public easement. You can go yeah. to sidewalks. Uh, you can go out right outside where 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 the where the city has designated the public to pass. You can stand right there and say and do what you will. Uh, that's that's a much better way to do it. But in any case, uh, we're not trying to ask anyone to stop practicing their religion. We've never believed that. No, no, we've no, provided. No alternative perspectives on that religion yes and and of course it wouldn't even come down to this if issues had been faced head-on there had been dialogue there had been a biblical response to dissent but there hasn't and this has gone on for decades yeah and so it, it has snowballed and um Maybe you know, there are always weirdos in groups. Hopefully, we don't have any who are going to, uh, you know, do anything crazy and and illegal. I certainly haven't seen any evidence of that. Right, and we would never uh, condone it. We would never no, condone anything illegal whatsoever. Absolutely not. And absolutely not. No. Right. And, and it's really just like I said, a, a circling of the wagons. It's something in which they really feel that they have to make this statement 
And I think uh, because they had to make it, you know, when, when the billboard came out, that was yet, yet another uh, attempt to to do that. But now here, uh, I think they're, 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 they're starting to feel threatened by by all the attention. They're, and they're starting and they're realizing that they can no longer just spin these narratives off as just these crazy people, that there are folks out there who who are understanding that there's more to these things than what Dwell wants to make out. So, yeah, 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 I agree. I, I want to uh, there's one quote I want to read from from one of from a, a paper written by Dennis and and uh, and Gary DeLashman. Uh And it was it was a paper. I uh, just it's just a portion I want to read that kind of kind of plays right. It's, it's from a paper called Dependent Relationship Clusters. Uh, yeah, this was written back in, a, I think, early 90s. And it was a, a book review of the of the book Toxic Faith by by Steve Otterburn and 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 Felton uh, that was written for a colloquium in 1993. Now you were there. Did you remember ever hearing anything about uh, an effort to people to actually read this book, as well as Jeff von Vanderen's subtle power of spiritual abuse? Did you hear anything about that? I did not. 1993 was when we left. Okay, that's when you left. Okay, well, yeah. this paper they 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 described this on the dwell site, saying this paper was written in the midst of internal struggles in the fall mm -hmm. of nineteen ninety three. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if that's significant to you, but that's how they characterize this writing, and this writing is basically about a a, a critique of the social ills that that were being very well. Uh, uh, described or not well not very well described but they're very well evident apparently at the time in which there was a lot of people militating and speaking out about some of the outrageous things going on in the ministry houses and and, and just in xenos in general you know yeah and and he and, and it's a it's it's a paper called uh dependent relationship clusters uh you can download it from their website and it may disappear after today's podcast, but that's okay. I've got a copy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but at the very end is what I think really, or it wasn't that really. It's not the end, but it's something I think. Uh, it's a portion I think really speaks to what we are talking about. It's it, it's it's I think a a a mandate that Dennis McCallum and the others would would probably want their their people to hear. He says, uh, a loyal dissenter. Let me, let me get back. We could possibly find ourselves unable to agree with the leadership on a fairly important point. So here now they're talking about managing uh, the narrative, managing the discussion with people who disagree with them. We couldn't. Is this, find is this part of the loyal? This was part of the relationship clusters. I didn't realize a, that. I yeah. thought this was a different thing. Okay. No, no. Yeah, he wrote this. It's and oh, he yeah. and Gary wrote this. And they mm -hmm. said it's part of a larger review. And apparently okay. a lot of people, like I said, there's there a lot of trouble. People were yep. reading those books, Toxic Faith and uh, the, subtle, the Subtle Effects of Spiritual Abuse. Two excellent books, by the way, written back yeah. then that I think provided an awful lot of context to and, and, and very usable critique of the power dynamics in, in abusive churches. A lot of people apparently were reading it in the church. And this is part of the response to that. And again, it gets back into the issue of authority. Who's in charge? Okay, what should what and 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 how submission should go on. So let yeah. me let me let me quote one more time. He could 
we could possibly find ourselves unable to agree with the leadership on a fairly important point. Now, this is Dennis speaking to his, to the church, but not yes. so important that we feel we should leave the church. In this case, mm -hmm. we may declare ourselves to be loyal dissenters. Mm -hmm. A loyal dissenter is unwilling to remain quiet about his dissent, but also unwilling to leave. <laughs> Such a posture is permissible, but often questionable. Such dissenters need to exercise special care to avoid division in the church. Their dissent must be shared only in helpful ways and qualified carefully. They must take care to avoid portraying others' positions unfairly or leaving out important material. Leaders may call on dissenters to restrict their dissent in various ways for the sake of unity and reducing confusion. For instance, why share your area of disagreement with new people who are still trying to understand the basics? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, this is, this is a problematic piece. Yeah. This is a problematic piece. Um, in some respects, I would say I was a loyal dissenter. Um, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, had, I didn't want to leave the church. I was concerned that the spirit was being quenched. I took my concerns directly to Dennis. The fact that it didn't remain there was not on me. It was on Dennis. I sought dialogue with Dennis McCallum, and I never got it. And mm -hmm. so instead, it was deflected. And then uh, I was stepped out of my teaching ministry. So, uh, and even then, even then, at a meeting to discuss my being stepped out of my teaching ministry, where people were very upset about that, um, I told you in, in the last podcast, I stood up and said that these are the shepherds of the church. If they believe that my teaching is dangerous to the flock, then it's their job to step me out of teaching. I trust that God is in control, that if I am not a danger, that that will come to light. But meanwhile, they are acting as shepherds of the church. And Gary Delashman hugged me after that. Uh, statement after the meeting was over. But Dennis and Martha sat and viewed me with complete suspicion. And I thought, I have just done everything I can to maintain unity in the face of this issue. And it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was my experience. And you know, this is such a high control piece. Note the high control. The burden is on the dissenter to avoid decision in the church. But what about the leadership? Aren't they biblically called upon to humbly listen to dissent, mm -hmm. to support the, the dissenter as a brother or sister in Christ while maintaining the position of agreeing to disagree? to support the person apart and just say, we're gonna to agree to disagree. Shouldn't they take care 
to present the other position fairly, the leadership, shouldn't they take care? They certainly didn't do that with my husband and me. The yeah. lies about us flew. The character assassination was devastating. And mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't such an approach of humbly listening to the brother and sister, uh, still valuing them, taking care to present their, their position, wouldn't that go far to diffuse the situation? Of course it would. But instead, Zenas dwell leadership practices, the pharisaical approaches of suspicion and entrapment. They are Pharisees. Yeah. They are Pharisees. They don't want to hear truth. They don't want to resolve issues. So they, they, their, their approach is one of suspicion and entrapment. And, and that hostility. was not, I'm sorry? And hostility. Oh, oh, utter hostility. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, you, you, yeah. Yeah. There's and 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 that's that's coming from the leadership that is supposed to model the Colossians three principles. Right. You know, of, of being kind, of being patient, of not being provoked. Uh, you know, to read Colossians three, it's it's just uh, very sad. Uh, that this is where they are, but but this is where they are. And by the way, as a loyal dissenter, I was not mouthing off to other people. The only time I opened my mouth publicly was at a workers' meeting where, well, we don't need to go back to that. Uh, but at any rate, this is a this is a, a sad a sad statement. This loyal dissenter uh, piece. Yeah, and you know, and that was written back in the 1990s. And what's, well, it's the, what has really it's changed? Thing. Nothing's changed. Yeah. And this is why, you know, the, the person who wrote that piece about, uh, you know, the, the new level, we're going to have protests now at meetings and blah, blah, blah. Um, they, um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, they're presenting the same approach, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the the suspicion um, and the um, isolation. It's just sad. It's sad. It could be a great church. Um, It could be a great church, Raphael, but not with the present leadership. Uh, I think it's salvageable. If um, the leadership were changed and leaders who would humble themselves before God, who would um, who would take the time to listen to people and love people, uh, yeah, who would be the shepherds that are talked about in in biblical passages and, and, and who know how to model the body life that I keep at Colossians 3 in my mind just is the uh, ultimate scripture for describing body life and leaders who know how to, who have the maturity 
those who are the elect of God who are fully Yeah. The the Holy Spirit, they know they're filled with the Spirit and they know how to model that type of body life. Now that church could survive, but this this church is a is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's showing its age. And its age uh, has 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 come about as a result of a life that's been unnatural. Yeah. You know, that's that, and that is the tragic thing about that. No matter how many layers of youth and zeal and skill and media savvy that that uh, Zenos and Dwell can pile up before the public and 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 release statements and all these things before all that they are clearly showing their age there are enough people around who understand that they didn't model what you're mentioning i'm going to read that it says put on therefore in colossians 3:12 you should put on as as a christian as as a person serving god you, you as, as the as the elect of god put on therefore those put on therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved Bowels of mercy, in other words, an, an inner work within you, a spirit, a character. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. Yes. Whoever has a complaint against anyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, and beyond all these things, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity yeah yes yeah. and that it but it, it, you may seek unity in uh isolating themselves and and being loyal to the leaders that's how you show unity you support dennis mccallum you support the leadership and we will be united that is not what the bible says unity is yeah. Unity is putting on love as spelled out in the previous verses. And that is not, that is absent. There is yeah. no leader who, who has the maturity who, of character, who has the moral integrity, who has the knowledge, the personal knowledge of Jesus Christ to do this. And I can say that because you know the tree by the fruit. Mm -hmm. John said, if, if, you, if you know Christ, then you love your brother. Exactly. If you don't love your brother, don't say you know Christ. And, and, and so this is a said, sad thing. said those who don't love your brother, what, what do you call them? Murderers. Well, yeah, the, the thing is that it's the issue is the leadership, and but the sad thing is that they've carried on, and this is where it's gotten old. It's the structures too. The structures were put in place for replication to increase the numbers in the church. Now, of course, as workers and leaders, we were told this was to win people to the Lord. Uh, and, and, you know, help them grow in the Lord and blah, blah, blah. So we just, we followed all the strategies, but the, the structures like ministry houses, so much damage has been done in ministry houses. They should be eliminated. 
Um, you know, Gary, apparently, I was shocked to hear this. I think it was Steve Cardoza who said that <clears throat> in the early 2000s, Gary had um, had gone to some sort of conference and came back convinced that focusing on worshiping God, honoring God, and teaching the Bible, letting people use their gifts to worship God was the way to go. And what a novel he, concept. He, what a novel concept, worshiping wow. God, putting ourselves in our proper place before God, praising him, lifting our hands down on our knees, putting ourselves in our proper place before God and worshiping him, and then having a Bible teaching that followed that, that expounded on who God is, what God's like, um, and that that was shut down. And that, that Gary had to repent and say that he was wrong. Yeah. Now, wh- why was that shut down? You know, that begs the question, why? Why wasn't that allowed to continue? And, and it, 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 what harm could it do? Well, the harm that it did was that it threatened Dennis's fear with people wanting to come over and experience this freedom. Um, but, you know, had, had the leadership been godly, they would have said, go for it. You know, there are all different ways to, to worship God. Go for it. But no, and that was shut down. I think that's the model that they could go to, that they should go to after after getting rid of the present leadership, Dennis right. especially, right. Uh, and, and anybody, anybody raised up by Dennis needs to be stepped out. They don't yeah. know how to lead and, and follow the model that Gary had done as a possible example. I'm not saying that's the only thing they they could do but i'm throwing that out as an example of how they could worship god and not be hurting people and if they they could meet in homes if they still want small groups that's fine but the but the whole principle of you know the replication the endless replication that that leads to the darwinian behavior of of just a, yeah. a, a, you know that needs to go the leadership and then the structures yeah they've yeah. hurt people dennis's model of church growth is entirely drawn from 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 the, the type of corporate level secular group dynamic mustering that you can get to squeeze all you can out of people and yet make them feel like they're apart make them feel like they're connected, yeah. make them feel like they're acting in charge. And that's one of the tragic things about this is there's so many great people, so generations of great people who have come with their ide- idealism and their, and their, and their, their, their desire to know and love and serve God and come and just, and it, they essentially became toothpaste and they were squeezed for out, of, out of everything they could possibly get. And then, and then when their experiences began to not line up any further, uh, they become one of those so-called loyal dissenters who were, who yeah. were then 
looked upon as people that were, that were interfering with, with life. I mean, people who, it says, are loyal to sinners unwilling to remain quiet? Well, why are they unwilling? That's the point. They won't, they won't address why a dissenter even dissents in the first place and why they speak out. It's because yeah. there is nothing there in Xenos. There is no structure in there. There is no m form of communication from discipler, disciple, from discipler to disciples, all the way up through the entire hierarchy. There's nothing but tight, top-down control. Co obey, yeah. and comply, or 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 get with the plan, or 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 um, let let the let the um, let the back door not hit you on the way out. Uh, that's right, and I I really feel the need here to to speak to the members of the church and yeah, to the leadership. And please, I, do. and and this and this unfortunately, this unfortunately, uh, Vicky will have to be. I'll let you get the final word because we're gonna have to end this. Uh, we're 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 already um, got some time constraints here, but please, okay. please do that, and and and, and right. we certainly can pick this this discussion up later. Okay, um, I've got I, a few points here. Number one, Dennis McCallum is a scoffer. Proverbs 22.10 says, drive out the scoffer and contention will go out. Even strife and dishonor will cease. He should have been stepped down years ago, Raphael. I told Gary DeLashman 30 years ago, Dennis was a scoffer. Zenos Dwell is now suffering the consequences of that error of not stepping him down. The church is not under satanic attack. It is experiencing the dissension and the dishonor of being led by a scoffer. Mm. Secondly, the fact that Dennis is a scoffer led him to isolate himself and the church from other churches and other church leaders in the community. Neither Gary nor the other leaders have opposed that isolation, and we're now seeing the consequences of that choice. Proverbs 18.1 says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Hence, the current stonewalling and failure to listen to wisdom. Also, as a scoffer, who has isolated the church and argued against all sound wisdom, Dennis McCallum has put the church in danger of deception. I encourage the leaders and the members to test him by his fruit. First Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22 says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil, every form of evil. Finally, Dennis McCallum is the emperor in new clothes. The leadership surrounding him ignore his moral nakedness. His moral nakedness manifests itself in refusing to step into the light to discuss and resolve issues in a biblical manner. This applies to Dennis. This applies to all the leaders who he has trained. He refuses to admit wrong and make things right. He has lied, gossiped, and manipulated information to his advantage. He has assassinated people's characters, including my husband's and mine. He has not listened to this. 
he has not built his spiritual house in an honorable way. Second Peter 1, 5 through 9 says, Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Mm. The godly traits that Peter lists are not his and increasing. What are his and increasing are dissension, circling the wagons, and stonewalling. And so members and leaders of Zenos dwell. Is this the type of leadership you choose to follow? I ask you that. Ponder that question if you want to save your church. Mm -hmm. Yes. And on that note, we will conclude. But I will also add, just in, in floating, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter is finished preaching, what he did was old-time altar call exhortation. Uh, a lot of people think that the, the notion of the altar call, that so many evangelical churches, uh, particularly in my own tradition in Pentecost, uh, typically uh, feature in, in services is, is just this, this example of irrational exuberance. But really, Peter was drawing something, was doing exactly what goes on at altar calls. And he said in the very first altar call in the book, in the book of Acts chapter 2, he says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, as we might say in, 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 in church, that will preach. And that is what we call upon people who are being bewitched by the ongoing siren song of, of public relations gaffes and tone deaf to people's pain that dwell as Zenos continues to exhibit. We hope and pray that what was said today will give you something to think about because really uh, that's what these podcasts are about. And Vicki, I want to thank you for taking the time so early in the morning to uh, to share with us today. I'm glad to do it, Ross. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and if necessary challenged in your daily journey through life jesus is coming you can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun the choice is yours you can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org and if you need urgent personal spiritual help email us at help at spiritwatch.org we look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.